This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Monday the 15th, January 2024. In this evening's first show uh, of 24, I just have to get a frog, frog in my throat. Don't I? We're catching up on all the actions since the last pod of 23, including Port Vale, Lincoln, Burton, Knotts Forest, and culminating in Saturday's seventh home win on the bounce against Exeter. Uh, we'll also be briefly discussing the ins and outs of the January transfer window, the FA Cup, and the BSM trophy and Frisk Gate. I'm John Asper on this Seaside's podcast. Extra time show, the magnificent seven. Good evening, all you Blackpool fans out there. Welcome back to the Seasiders podcast. This is an extra time show. So we've got so many games to cover. So we haven't done one for a bit. Uh, titled the Magnificent Seven, and we have the Magnificent four with us this evening um an og podcast i put out on twitter the original crew of matt nick tim and myself um matt let's come to you first uh, good to have you back mate thank you very much happy new year to you all yep. been a, a while but uh yeah i thought i'd step into the 2024 breach and see what glad tidings we can bring to start of the year <laughs> or something like that Tim, it's a very positive title, isn't it? The Magnificent Seven, seven win, wins on a bounce. However, there is... Incredibly positive, actually, for you, John. Uh, even though we are on that uh, excellent home record, there is a general malaise around the place, isn't there? This, well, I think I think it's the yin and the yang of our home and away form that's the, uh, uh, that's the cause of that. Um, it's incredible, really, the stark difference between the two and... Uh, um, if we didn't, if, to be honest, if we'd had a bang average away form, we'd be right up there, wouldn't we? Uh, we'd be up there in the sort of fourth or fifth, if even with four or five away wins. So, yes, it's uh, it's 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 a conundrum, I think they call it, to say the least. Um, Nick, a, a countdown conundrum, a PE crisis, if you will. Didn't make any sweets this week because those bastards won, didn't they? But uh, hey ho, we can't have everything. <laughs> No, good evening, everyone. It's uh, it's good to be back, and like I say, there's there's plenty to cover. 
I think um, we're starting with Port Vale. We'll, we'll make that quite a quick one because uh, there wasn't a lot to talk about from a positive point of view, was there? I've just watched back all the highlights on the uh, official YouTube channel, just to refresh my memory. Uh, the, the third goal was particularly shit, just a, a defensive balls up. Um, but um, just on the stream, Nemo says, can we please have a moment and reflect for King Kenny? Tim, you must be devastated at this news. If it has is it actually, true. Has it actually not, been announced now? We've not it, seen we're not relying on his girlfriend with her teasing. Do you know, she writes, she reminds me a little bit of that. Um, do you remember the old AVFTT days with Valderrama's hair salon? Uh, who used to like come out with these little teases but wouldn't quite tell you what was going on. It's felt a bit about that, like that over the last couple of days, having to like read into what, what she's inferring. So has it officially been announced now? No. No, I don't think so. I think he's, so. He's, he's like, he's, he's started following the, uh, the Thai football team's page, hasn't he? Unless it's a, unless it's a, somebody doing some shen- shenanigans with, um, social media, which is also, Eminently possible, um, but yeah. It, it, to be honest, I'm I'm a bit. I said this on the last on the last show, didn't I? When you've got a good player, and, and and let's be fair, he's probably been our most consistent performer this year. Then you want them to play until they're ready, until they actually go. We seem to have this thing where when somebody when this somebody's out going out, they just stop playing for us, and and it weakens the team. It happened with Bowler. <clears throat> It's happened again here, you know. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't know what's going on with Ekpateta either. Quite what's happening there, but I, you know, he could have been playing for the last four or five weeks, and so unless there's something really we don't know about, um, it, it's a bit disappointing because I'd have liked to see him play. And then, you know, if he wants to move nearer to home, I don't blame him. You know, he's uh, it's one of them things, and you move on, and you say he's done a good job for us for three or four years. And uh, most certainly, he was one of the architects of was getting promoted in the first place. Perhaps he didn't have the greatest time in the championship as a player for us, but he started well, as I, if I remember rightly, when he was playing with Wintle. Um, and um, I think he's done a fantastic job this year. So I think overall, he's been a great signing. And it, it's just find it a bit disappointing when it peters out like this, and then you never see him again. So... Uh, and as, as as the honorary president of his fan club, I'm going to have to start following Thai football, I think, aren't I? <laughs> I think what's disappointing is that, his point of view, he's always been 100%er, hasn't he? You know, I think, you know, whatever limitations he's got, he's always, I think, pretty much given his all. And then just to seemingly sort of tail off like he is or whatever at the moment, it just seems a bit out of character and a bit odd, really. And, yeah, it's just a bit weird, like you say, about how the club are dealing with it, how he's dealing with it, and, and we don't know how to deal with it as a result. So, yeah, all a bit strange, really. Well, it's, it's so there's like a cloak of secrecy around everything. And, you know, why you can, if somebody, if you know, if listen, you've had a player who's given three years, three years, nearly four years decent service, three and a half at least, anyway. I think he came in the January, didn't he? Of the, he came in the January of the promotion year. Was he there all year? Can't remember now. Anyway, so three, the three and a half or uh, three years, and a bit of honesty, you know. I mean, this is what's going on, um, and then we, then he can have a proper send off. But it's it's like he's probably can't isn't allowed to say anything, 
Mm. His girlfriend's saying probably more than she should say. And what is she just, actually saying? I've not seen any of this. What? Well, she's 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 on. She's one of these influencers. So to be fair, I think she's got like three or four hundred thousand followers on Instagram or something. And she's sort of saying, "Oh, there's a big." They got obviously they're getting married, but she said there's another another big thing happening beforehand. But I can't say at the moment, but I will be able to say shortly, and then you'll understand why I haven't been able to say anything. And it's all, but it's it, it seems to be inferring um, a move. And and the fact that she can't say anything appears to relate to the fact that, you know, things haven't, the I's haven't been dotted, the T's haven't been cro- uh, crossed at the club. But yeah, if you it, if you're Kenny, you you can't be happy about that, can you? No, well, I, I think she, I've only I only listened, I only watched a little bit of it that somebody linked on AVFTT yesterday, and it was like Oops. go to three minutes fourteen, you can hear her talking about it because it's not all about that. It's it's mainly her other stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was fairly clear from that that they're moving somewhere. Mm. But, you, but you're still guessing, you know, because nothing is actually said. But, yeah, I, I would much rather, you know, if he was going, you could say, like, middle of November, whenever all this nonsense started, um, play till January. Um, we'll bring somebody in for when you leave and you go with, you know, all, you know, with, with our thanks and whatever. And I think most certainly we've dropped points with him not playing. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that if he'd been playing over the last six weeks, we'd have got more points than we have. So oh. I, I, on all sorts of levels, it just doesn't sit right. And, and again, there may be more to it than we know. And But, you know, maybe there's something gone in the background. But during this period, he's gone jetting off somewhere, got engaged and and girlfriend's, putting all sorts of, um, you know, uh, how, do you, how do you describe them? Positive Instagram posts up. They're not negative. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Incredibly disappointing, though. What an informative and substantive channel she has, too. Not all your... What does that word mean, Tim? Laced, or... laced with irony, I think that is. Um that uh, that that little comment by Matt there, by Mitch. Um, I've just got to tip my hat to Andy Porter. Uh, yeah, I've spotted as, that one. As Tim was uh, <laughs> now claiming to follow Thai football, following Kenny's moves, he will become Timmy <laughs> Thai scarves. <laughs> we could organise on a your trip over there, name, for, you know, a week in Phuket and um, and go and watch a couple of games while we're there. It's a bit better to go to Germany or Spain, isn't it? Was it Timmy Ten Scarves? Or was it, what was your previous name? Uh, oh, I've had all various ones, depending on how many scarves I've managed to collect. <laughs> <laughs> Thailand Tim Scarves, another one. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, very good. Uh, lovely stuff. Dennis, for fuck's sake, he's no hula hand, just an average league one midfielder. Move on. What have we got to say about that, Tim? Leggy League One donkey. Is that what he, is that what Dennis is trying to suggest? Yeah. Well, listen, he's not a Hulahan because he doesn't play in Hulahan's position, does he? He's. Uh, I, I think if if we ignore the uh, sort of class of two thousand and ten, I think he's up there with what some of the better defensive midfielders that we've had in the team. In, in to be honest, in all the time I've watched us, and he's been. 
really coming back to the fore this season as well, which is kind of doubly disappointing. He's recapturing his arguably I think, I think the, the best good, form of his career. To be fair to Dennis, he's a good League One central midfield player. I, I, I think he's an av- he was average in the Championship. Um, but I think it depended on who he played with in the championship as well. I said I mentioned when he was playing with Winkle, uh, I thought he did he did pretty well, but maybe he lost his way a bit. Maybe just not quite got the pace for the for for the championship and 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 you know the quick feet you need. Um, but I I thought I thought the year we got promoted he was superb, and I thought he, I thought he was showing exactly the same um, attributes this year as well, and. Um, all I can say is, I, th- I think unless we bring somebody in, he's going to be a big loss. Mm. I don't, th- um, I don't, I don't rate Norman at Norman anywhere near his the way he's no, been playing Norman. this season. Norman Norman. <laughs> Norman Norman. <laughs> Norman Norman. <laughs> Sounds like a World War One. Yeah, yeah. Charles uh, Charlie Charles. <laughs> I was going to say we're, we're going to be one song down on the terraces as well, or the stands as well, aren't we? Now, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, that's another one we can scrub off. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt makes a good good point there. You know, he, he does. He it did. It did seem to have the ability to control the tempo of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, you know, and, and there's, there's always been players. There's always been um, sorry uh, fans who don't seem to like him. I don't quite get it. I've never quite understood it because I always think because if if there's a weakness in his game, it is that he doesn't score enough. Um, but he, you know, he, he probably still scores more than most other. Are, central midfield players do um, overall. You know, I always seem to like nick the odd one, but he wasn't quite as prolific, I think, as he could have been. But that wasn't really his game. His game was all about shoring it up and, and moving the ball about. And I thought he did it really well. Mm-hmm. You know what's going to happen now? He's going to sign a new extended contract uh, tomorrow and be back in the team for the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll have a public holiday in um, in Poultley Files, won't we, if that <laughs> It's all gone downhill since he moved away from my mum and dad next door, but one, didn't he? Yeah, so it's yeah, never been the same, has it? Never been the same, never been the same, you know. <laughs> Interestingly, two doors down from them now, or well, up to two weeks ago, was Fleetwood's assistant manager, who I don't know what his name is. So there is a, a rental opportunity there if he needs to uh, backtrack. <laughs> I think I think Max got it right as well. He he, he's, he, sh- he needed to go back blonde as well, you know. I think, I think uh, st- stand out on the pitch more with blonde hair. <laughs> I think his lifestyle guru girlfriend advised he go brunette. Oh, speaking of Fleetwood, Charlie's managing now, there, isn't he? Uh, cracking start, played three, lost three. I think he's trying to turn around the yeah. proverbial oil, oil tanker, that, isn't it? Yeah, I think on. Okay, let's recap, if we must, the last games of... 23, which Port Vale, obviously we lost 3-0. Lincoln, uh, how do we describe those, these 2-0 wins, Matt? Was it? Uh, functional is how I described yeah. it. Yeah, mm. a functional 2-0 win. And you've got any comment on, on these particular games? Um, well, I think Port Vale, you know, you could sort of see as the game went on the way it was going. And I, I think my, you know, I'm not in the Critchley out camp at all um but i think my, my you know my main gripe is in these away games where you can see it's not working we don't seem to be capable of doing anything different or there isn't an instruction to do anything different and you know we just keep going the way we're going without 
really building up any pressure or many chances. And inevitably, we, we, we end up getting beaten by, you know, let's be honest, some average teams. The, the further are down the league, they are, the, the more we seem to struggle. Um, we just don't seem to be able to go there and impose our game on them at all. And we don't change it. There isn't a plan B. Um, and like Tim said before, you know, even if we were just getting a draw here and there, it would make, make such a difference. Then at the moment, it's just thank God we're, even though it isn't spectacular, you know, we are functional at home and we're getting those wins because if we weren't so good at home, you know, we're, we'd be floundering firmly in mid-table. Uh, I think I think what it does, just picking up on Nick's point as well, I think what it what it probably does illustrate, and I know we've said it before, is that you know Critch has got is seems to be a decent coach, but it, it it does seem to come unstuck a bit sometimes, and and I think it's when it is about making changes. Uh, when things are going right on the pitch, we we seem at home in particular, we seem to have a um, a, a recipe that gets results. But when when we go away and there's a different dynamic at play, you you do have to do different things. You do have to switch things about. If we switch things about, it tends to be just putting another player in in the same position of the player that's coming off, and therefore it's a rinse and repeat. They might play a little bit better, but I, I can't think of many times this season. Probably, um, Fleet. I'm thinking Fleetwood away might be one example where we've actually made substitutions and we've come out and played a different way. I just think we've, we always look like away from home. We always look like we're playing exactly the same. And sometimes it works as it did at Barnsley and did at Portsmouth. But for the majority of the time, it's incredibly predictable and, and we struggle and we particularly seem to struggle against the poor attack, poorer, what you would think of the poorer teams in the division. I mean, if you look at the statistics for Burton and, and Port Vale, I think Burton hadn't won since October. I think, and, and Port Vale's manager was on the verge of getting sacked before that game. So, it, it, it we, we almost seem to the the better the, the better the stand of the team away, the, the more chance we've got of actually performing. Where you go down all those teams at the bottom and look at the games away from home, you know, you've got um, you look at um, Fleetwood, Burton, Exeter. Charlton wasn't so, so bad, to be fair. Um, Cambridge. And we've been shocking at all of them, haven't we? Mm. Fleetwood Fleet- are shocking for half a game and then not so bad for the rest. But, um, you know, Port well, Vale a, a little bit higher up. You know, we've got Bristol coming up this weekend. You can see you can see straight away which way that's going. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to Bristol on, on Saturday for my sins and um i see it as possibly i said earlier to a um a guy that we know that um i just said i think it's probably our most important away game of the season in a way because it's the it's the first away game i think of 2024 other than boris certainly in the league and you just feel as though if they don't turn this corner and this mindset and god knows what else that's going on with our away for i think you know we're, we're going to have to somehow pull something out of the fire to, to get anywhere near the playoffs. And it has to start with an away win at Bristol Rovers. And, you know, they're not pulling up any trees or anything. They're a decent outfit, but nothing major. They've had their problems. Um, so, you know, the, the, the has to, there is something wrong with 
the way that we're playing away from home, and it has to be down to the manager, unfortunately, um, because there is no plan B when things don't go right. There is no change of formation, which was so different to the first time that Christian was with us. It would it would change every week, not just the the personnel, but the actually the you know the, the formation on the pitch would be four three 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 five two, whatever you want to call it. Every week there would seem to be changes all the time. Whereas we seem to be just sort of rigid and and, and not so not so fluent anymore. We just seem to be sort of passive in our play a lot of the times and away from home, you know, you can afford almost to take a bit of a, a bit more of a risk. I think when you're away from home, the pressure's on you at home yet. Weirdly we're, you know, we're one 10 out of 15 or whatever it is. So yeah, there's, there's, there just needs to be a change. Um, hopefully at the weekend and, and maybe a couple, I don't know if another player or whatever will come in and, and maybe shake a few things up, but Gary goals. <laughs> maybe you know it's got to be something you know I don't know if it's Gary Goals oh, maybe even like Kuasi when he's fit you know just something a bit different it, even if you have to go long for the last 20 minutes or something something a bit different mm-hmm. um, you know someone's mentioned there in the comments you know like we went to Forest and, and played really well didn't we but then they're an attacking team and may, you know it, it probably suits us more when teams are coming at us away from home you, know, you look at Portsmouth, which is the kind of anomaly in those results. Um, whereas if they don't, we just don't seem to be able, you know, CG hasn't got space to run into. He's ineffective. And then we, other than, you know, Dembele will make a bit of a run, take two or three on, but it, it might peter out. And then other than that, you, you, you're looking and thinking, where where's it going to come from? Mm. And those games in between Christmas and New Year were just absolutely horrific. Absolutely horrific, and it was just you know just such a such a massive disappointment. You know, you looked at them before you know when the fixtures came out, and nobody really wants to go to Burton and Port Vale away from home in between Christmas and New Year, and and to not even get close to a result in either game was just pathetic, quite frankly. Tim, how do we solve this away form? What's the problems and what's the solution? Uh, I think I think we I think we we've, we've got to have the ability to switch it up and 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 have a plan B. Nick's talked about having having um uh, being able to go a bit more direct. Most certainly at Barnsley, which is one of the two two away wins we've had. Uh, Kowasi was fairly instrumental in that, in that he was causing them all sorts of problems, and and we were feeding off um feeding off the second ball. That he won. Um, I think. Um, I think we. I think. I do think we need to be more positive. I think we go to away games trying to contain and trying to and, and adopting an incredibly cautious approach. In generally, you know, I'm not talking about any specific game, but just to, just generally. And I, I, mean, I went to Oxford and that we didn't even try and do anything in the first half. I mean, we only started playing when we went one nil down, mm. and then we managed to get an equaliser. You know, Fleetwood, we went to there and uh, for me showed them far too much respect and 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 looked like we were going to take a right pace until we changed it. And I think but we just keep seem to keep doing that and, and I, I watch us away from home and Portsmouth is probably the only exception to to that. And I think we had a couple of lucky goals to be honest in that game. But I just I just I just think if I was the opposition manager, I'd know exactly how to play us. And um and and you know these teams, you know we don't 
we don't seem to be able to impose ourselves on them. Some of it, I think it's sometimes I think it's personnel, but it's got to be an element of instruction from from the manager and from the coaching staff as regards how they want them to approach those games away. Because we don't, we don't, sh- without, I don't, the, this Blackpool team doesn't excite me at the moment. I think that's, the, even with the home games, it feels like we're going through the motions a little bit, but at least with the home games, we seem to be able to um, find the back of the net for want of a better word. I mean, the number of times we go for, away from home and don't even have a shot mm. um, is incredible. It's And I think what, how 12, are you ever going to win a game without him? 12 shot? appearances, 12 goals, Tim, away. Yeah. Two wins, four draws, six defeats. We, we, got four, we got four goals in one game. God, yeah. And three in another. So you take those two out of the equation, we've scored five goals in the other away games apart from Jeez. Fleetwood and Portsmouth. Compar- and there by hangs a tail, doesn't it? Mm. Let's just flick that around then. If you look at the... Home form there. I mean, what what a difference. Played 15, won 10, drawn 2, lost 3, goals 4, 32. Essentially it, the same personnel. It's literally Weird. chalk and cheese, isn't it? And mm. uh, I mean, to be honest, on, I don't want to get head too, too much on Saturday, but, you know, we, we, we actually seem to score some good goals at home that probably that maybe mask... The performances a little, a little more, but we, but the, the, for me there is a, for me we're just incredibly defensive when we go away from home, and we're showing teams respect we shouldn't show respect to. We should just play our game. I've always had this thing with with his management style. It worries about the opposition far too much for me. Full stop. Um, he did that. He did that even in the year we ended up going up, particularly the first half of the season. In, you know, incredibly concerned about the opposition. Rather than because I look at our, mm-hmm. I, I was um, I was watching the uh, the game on Saturday and um, I was thinking I know they were they were poor but I was looking I wouldn't have one of their players in our team and there's quite a few games I've gone to this season even when we've lost and I actually thought I wouldn't actually have any of their players I don't you know they're, they're not they're not to the standard of ours but we then go and lose mm. um, and. The, the mindset isn't right. I think you. I think you're right. Too. I think it is the mindset as well. And because even at home, you know, like I said before, that like it was a Lincoln to a lesser extent. Certainly Exeter on on Saturday, a decent two nil win by all accounts. If you if you look at it from a, from the outside, but you know as well as I do that anybody that's called Peterborough or Bolton or whatever would have put the in foot down, and we would have been four or five nil up, no problem. They would have battered them, but we don't do that. We just ride games out. Even in Cheltenham, when we're three nil up, coasting, all of a sudden, shit, three two, and we're panicking like hell. If they'd have got a goal in the last fifteen minutes on Saturday, same would have happened. You know, we've got to be a bit more positive, and I just think I don't know where that comes from. It has to come from the top, basically, but equally. You know, some of these players have got to take responsibility, of course. You know, they've got... I mean, there's a few players in there who have got decent attacking threats about them, but they just seem to be, I don't know, hamstrung in some particular way, and I can't put my finger on it. But, yeah, we're a little bit too easy, aren't we, at the moment? And um, we need to change it around. And hopefully, you know, there might be a different mindset because time's running out. We've got three... Two, two three teams have got two, three games on in hand on us, and... 
you know, before we know it, we could actually look adrift if they win their games as well. So we've just got to start turning this away form around sharpish. How does he do that? Does he get a spiritual healer in like Eileen Drury? Well, yeah, why not? Give him a shot. Of, give him a shot of whiskey before the game starts or something. I don't know. Just do anything. What, what does do. Raggy call the assistants? I forgot what he calls them now. The, Bos- uh, the Boswell Dick brothers. The Boswell brothers. Um, but I, I, I think it comes back to having the right person in his ear during the game half the time. I think the right yeah. person um, making constructive comments about the way we might change things up that, that he trusts and, and that he's prepared to listen to because they've got that experience. I think they will influence the way we play. Yeah. And I don't think um these the current two assistants are the, are of the type that can do that because they haven't got the I'm no criticism of them in, as individuals, but they haven't got the pedigree of certain other people we've had at the club in the past who I think have imposed their experience on on what happens in get particularly in game. Mm. Well look at Fleetwood away Tim the entire terrace was imposing the views on Critchley yeah. at half time. And he made the change that the whole away following wanted to see. And look at the result. Like, why can't we play like that second half at Fleetwood away? Why can't we play like when we were behind at Oxford? We've got the players to do it, they've got the ability. But it's almost like, like we take the shackles off, but yeah. only when we have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like we're playing in third gear. Look back to our record of. Never winning um, from being behind Coventry away. It's over a year now, 14 months since we last won a game when from behind. So it's a, it's a mentality thing. It's like, Matt, I don't know if you did you watch the Bristol Street Motors game? That was another game we could have thrown away. Cruising against Burton at home. They pulled one back and they were unlucky not to equalise. Mm-hmm. Same with Forest away. Yeah, I was t- I was talking to we were talking to some Southampton lads who were just up at the weekend for a for a bit of a stag do, and they were they've just gone on like some ridiculous twenty club record twenty I don't know if it's twenty games unbeaten or something, and it coincides with Calderwood coming in, and they had the same problem. They were talking about their manager, uh, name escapes me now. Somebody will tell me who it is, um, and he was a great coach, but he needs that number two. They're saying. Um, is it Russell Martin, wasn't it? I think that was mm-hmm. their manager. Yeah. And, you know, Caldwell comes in, shows the back four up, all of a sudden the momentum's there and they start going forward and being a bit more attack-minded, blah, blah, blah. And you just think, this is it. This is the missing thing, perhaps. But until that missing thing comes in, we're never going to find out and we'll find out too late, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, there's um, there's a bit of, I don't know what the word is, I don't know annoyance about the whole thing really isn't it you know we know that we're far better than what we can be and we just seem to be stifled for what playing in third gear with the shackles on well it's shack- affected the the support in the from the stands as well isn't it because i think that that malaise that john spoke about at the beginning mm-hmm. um is is you know the the level the atmosphere of the ground has has dipped unbelievably mm-hmm. from i mean you know last season even when we were struggling it was it was loud and Everybody got behind the team, and and there's a lot of people. Just I look around now when there's a bit of a chant, particularly on Saturday when a bit of a chant goes up. It, it's half-hearted, and and half don't join in anymore. Where previously it was everybody, 
and 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 I think it's a reflection of what they're seeing, what they're watching, and and mm. um, I don't think people are buying into um, what's going on. Critch ball is not exciting. It's Christmas really knocked the stuff in out of a lot of people. Excuse the festive bird related pun, but that destroyed a lot of people. I mean, Gaz. Gaz in the comments put, he said he was suicidal after what going to Cambridge, Burton and Port Vale. Um, obviously, uh, not that strong, Gaz, I'm sure. But um, you take the point that he's making that it just sucked all the life out of everybody. And even though we're winning, you know, even if we've won seven home games in a row, we're still, what, four four points adrift with all the teams and games in hand with us. And that we're only four points just a touching distance of sixth. We're... We're completely out of um, the reach of the top two, and the football, like you say, is pretty, pretty turgid. So it's gonna, there's gonna be a, a big wind of change needs to happen between you know the next six weeks for a the atmosphere to lift and b this away form to improve, and it has to improve, and it has to improve now. And if the away form improves, I'm sure the atmosphere will improve at home as well because everyone's got a bit of optimism then, haven't they? We're something to play for. We want something to play for here, don't we? And not mid-table mediocrity. We want, um, you know, even last season we were playing for something because we were playing to try and stay in the division and that that kept the atmosphere um, uh, uh, charged. Um, But I I generally think, you know, I think you made a good point for Matt. I think if we can start winning a couple of away games and keep the home form up and all of a sudden... We're back up to. I think we've only been on in like sixth once this season, haven't we? And then we've dropped back mm. down again. Been in eighth yeah, forever. Aren't up, we? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if we can, <laughs> if we can actually push our way into the lower reaches of the of the playoffs, then all of a sudden people will start thinking there is something to play for, and it'll lift again. Um, mm. I, I mean, I I love my away games, and to be honest, I, I can't be bothered because. I look at it and think I'm going. You know, I'm um, it to be. I'm um, an hour about going to Bristol on, on Saturday. But I really think, you know, it, it's like a good day ruined by football, isn't it? And that's that's how you... And you end up then depressed because you've gone all that way and spent a few quid and watched the biggest load of crap that could possibly be served up. I think... Not, just, a, sorry, go not just depressed, uh, suicidal, guys. Suicidal, guys. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't go, I didn't go to Burton. I didn't, I didn't go to Cambridge and I didn't go to um, Port Vale. And you know a couple of different reasons for some of that, but but at the end of the day, I I, I don't think I'd have gone if I could have done. Amax nailed it there. Playing not to lose in League One is not what any pool fan wants to be about. Absolutely, yeah. I think he's I... just subbed it up in a sentence when we've spoken a thousand words and, <laughs> and <laughs> succinct and to the point. Let's just have a quick look at the next few away games then. Let's see. Let's see where we are next. Uh, January. So we've got Bristol Rovers away on the twentieth. We always lose there. Always, even when we were good. Um, then into February, Stevenage away. Normally, you'd think that's a winnable game, but they're picking up results left, right, and centre. Those two are dodgy. So we're probably going to lose and draw that. Cheltenham away, you think we're going to get something and Peterborough will get beat. So, season over. 
And then you've got Shrewsbury <laughs> next. We never win it. Have we ever it's won never Shrewsbury? Shrewsbury. <laughs> you never know, though. You know, it, <laughs> if it was easy as that and, and saying we'll win that and we'll lose that, then I'd be a rich man because my accumulator would come in every week and it never does. Um, who knows? You know, we've got we've got the, the big cup game on Wednesday night. I know it's a big ask, but if we got a result there um, and could end the away hoodoo at, at, at Bristol Rovers, which, you know, isn't somewhere we do particularly well at historically, but you never know. We're in a transfer window, a couple of signings, and it, it could all be different. You know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. And even though it is a bit uninspiring and, like Matt said, functional at home, um, we're still not a million miles away, so it, it, it doesn't take much for it to turn a couple of results. Um, similarly, if we don't get them, then... Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a, a bit of a slog for the second half of the season, but who knows? There's um, still a couple of weeks of the window to go, isn't there? So, just at this moment, then, quick around the room: Are we going to make the playoffs? Yes or no, Tim? No. Matt? No. It's a no from me. Yes, come on. You know. <laughs> well, that's about more upbeat tonight with Gricey not being on. <laughs> well, that's about it, though, isn't it? I reckon if you took a poll, probably twenty-five percent of the fan base would say yes, and seventy-five would say no. So I think you're probably up with the average there. But I think that's just a, because of the last well month, especially. Um, I think yeah. the other thing that comes out in in the in this in the sort of strategic approach, the way we play games, particularly away from home, is that. We seem to correlate possession with playing well. Mm. And, and I've, it's been a feature of the post-match interviews, and it winds me up unbelievably, um, where we we talk about we had 62% possession and the, and the, and the good teams have possession. And, and I, I'm watching the way we've played, and I thought, when we played shot that, I think he said that after Port Vale, if I remember rightly. It was either Port Vale or Burton. He didn't. Both. I had I had a Nick Smith style media blackout after that. He didn't say that. No, did he, he did. He said he said we had we had sixty odd percent possession and, and the and the good teams, all the teams at the top, you'll see have lots of possession. But it's where you have possession is important, not possession for possession's sake. So we see we it, it, it wound me up because it seemed to reinforce this this view I've got that we you know that we keeping the ball at all costs is more important than getting the ball forward. But the reality is that one of the, one of the, um, the games, I think, where we were most effective, albeit this was a home game, was Wigan, where they played, they kept the ball the way that we do um, yeah. away, from, away from home. We had about 35% possession, but battered them. Um, and, it's, and sometimes you've got to take a risk and risk losing possession in order to win a game of football. Not just be predictable and recycle. You know how many times do we see that ball go from left to right, the centre back, then back again, then back again, then back again, and then eventually we hoof it. Um, uh, we play like a to long diagonal, and then until <laughs> Dembele and give possession away. Yeah, you may as well just hoof it in the first place. Yeah, and, and, I'm sure it's, and, I'm sure it's to get his possession stats up. That's why he does it. Yeah, well, I, I, but I think it's because. They believe that's the way to win a game of football. But if you, if that possession is all in your back third of the pitch, or even up to the halfway line, it means absolutely nothing. You don't. You're never gonna. You're never gonna win games with the ball in your own half. 
What does everyone think of this? It's something that really does my head in, and it's cost modern football. Getting everyone back into the box to defend set pieces and corners. You never, ever see a man left up now. And if we win the ball, there's always that chance, isn't there, of a big clearance upfield. Your man gets it, beats his man and scores. Mm -hmm. But it always puts you under pressure. And I'm sure there's something in the kind of the modern-day Critchley-style coach manual that says never leave anyone up front. It'll be statistically, if you have all 10 players back in the box, you're... um, 0.25% 0.25% less likely to concede a goal over yeah. 90 minutes than if you have one man up front. And therefore, they'll say, right, well, we don't do that because statistically, that's what it'll be. It'll be it'll be some stat somewhere that says you'll concede less goals if you do that. But you won't score as many goals either, as you say, because you'll never mm-hmm. be able to hit, the, hit a team on the break. I'll be um, playing a bit more attention to that and see where Dembele stands in the... Uh in the goal mouth area because he's surely not going to win any header in our front post. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. Maybe he stood on Grimmy's shoulders, I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, let's move on. I've briefly mentioned it, Forrest in the FA Cup 2-2. Um, Tim, that was a... You've been talking about the um, teams that Oh, Critchley bangs on about possession of the ball. That was a, a game when we had about, I think, 27% possession, but we came out with a creditable 2-2 draw. Yeah, I did I did a Smith, actually. I um, I was I was, I was was washing the cars. I can't remember if it was the day I saw you, actually. No, that was the week. That was between Christmas and New Year, wasn't it? Mm. I was washing the cars and just messing around, thinking, oh, the game starts at half past two. Came inside to turn the TV on, and um, we were 2-0 up. So... Um, I uh, I was kicking myself to say the least. It reminded me of the time I went on uh, Paul Astley's coaches when we played Man City, um, and we, uh, we we got to the game ten minutes late and we were two 0 up and lost four two. So I felt a bit like that. I felt robbed that I hadn't seen us, um, you know, in real time go two 0 up. But yeah, I, you know, I, I felt I felt a bit frustrated with that game because I felt that we gave possession away. Um, certain player in particular gave possession away too easily, and and it, and it cost us. I think cost us at least, um, you know, probably on both occasions. I know uh, um, the lad, I've forgotten which lad it was now, went down there left for the for their the first of the two goals they got back. But we gave the ball away so cheaply up front, and it's a bit frustrating because when you've got that two 0 lead, you want to go in and hold it, don't you, at half time and um. But yeah, equally a creditable game and a game where we took our chances and uh, and 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 reaped the rewards. You, if you shoot, it. It's amazing if you shoot, you score goals, don't you? Which Kyle Joseph should have done at the death. Mm. Inexplicably decided to pass it when he when he should have shot. Although to be fair to Kyle Joseph, he has impressed me. The last two or three games, he's been involved in a lot of goals all night, not scoring, but he's. Uh, I, I thought that he's right up there with his assists and his uh, interplay yeah. with the other four. I, I'm, I, uh, I'm really, really impressed with his work rate. So yeah, perhaps he was just a bit cold when he came on. And and listen, you know, you see it and you you think sometimes players think of, you know they've got more time than they have and whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was disappointing because it had been a an exquisite win that one sit away from home, and then we you know so we can look forward to a Friday night trip somewhere. 
I was flicking through the um, the official Nottingham Forest tweets when we went 2-0 up and the amount of Forest fans that are on there saying, is this our bogey side or what? Like, not these again. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. Normal service will be resumed shortly. This is just a quick message to say, if you're enjoying this content, I would like to say thanks for this podcast and the many others. Then please consider joining our Patreon supporter group program where you can donate a small monthly amount to help support this content and help us pay our bills. To do so, go to patreon.com forward slash Pod. There are several tiers you can support us on, starting from the price of a pint per month and upwards. And in exchange, you get this annoying advert removed from all audio pods and also everything ad-free on the audio. You'll also get access to our Patreon supporters WhatsApp group, which is good fun and other random giveaways as and when they come in. So please do support us patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod let's get back to the content see you later <laughs> it was a strong side as well wasn't it you know it wasn't like they made <laughs> haven't they got the argentinian that scored the cup final yeah, yeah. Yes, world cup yeah. final winner and the europa <clears throat> league winner yeah he set up gabriel for our first goal didn't he edited <laughs> it to him yeah what about gabriel then it's the non-celebration, I would have celebrated, personally. But it's a new well, fad, isn't it? Yeah, I get it. You know, some players, I think it, may, it maybe depends on what terms you left on as well, you know. Um, I think he was well-liked there, wasn't he? So I can understand why he didn't. It was a very good goal. I mean, they were both good goals. And um, like I say, they put a strong line-up up. So although it's disappointing when you're 2-0 up to end up at, at 2-2, it's still... Um, a decent performance and result overall because they had a couple of chat. I think it was Wood, wasn't it? Who was mm. sort of thrown goal, and you're thinking, "Oh God, that's going to hit the back of the net." And thankfully, it went the wrong side of the post. And then we have that chance with uh, Joseph at the end. And I think he's probably just just needs a goal. It's like you guys. I, I've been impressed with him. The more he plays, um, I think he puts himself about really well. He makes some good runs as well. I was watch, watching him on on Saturday. There was a couple of times he made great runs between their defenders, but just didn't get the ball. And he's kind of you know he was a bit frustrated. And you could tell. That if he'd just been threaded through, then he's in on goal. So I think once he once he gets one, he'll um he'll be you know up and running and he'll be okay. Yeah, that's the problem, Nick. He's making these runs, but then we're passing it back to Jimmy Husband to go back yeah. to whoever at the back. So yeah, we need a little bit more um, forward thinking, and I'm sure he'll um I'm sure he'll score a few. I, I liked him the the minute he kept, well not literally the minute, but a few minutes into his debut at Bolton, and I think there's definitely a player there. We've just got to get the most out of him. Yeah, and I think Gabriel it does create it does well. create an interesting decision for Critch as well because if he plays Gabriel, then we don't have CJ um, in in what he perceives to be his preferred position for him, which is right wing back. So mm. I don't really see that you can play both. And when it was interesting when he came on on Saturday, obviously CJ switched to the left and actually looked quite good there. Surprisingly, yeah, shocking though. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk BSM. Bristol Street Motors. We are now two games away from Wembley, beating Burton last week, and uh, we're facing our old foes, the Horwich Wanderers, 
for a place in the semi-finals. Revenge, that famous uh, Northern final defeat all those years ago. Oh, the Normid. It, it, it scarred me, that did. Scarred me. Russell Coughlin, rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> With that penalty that's still now orbiting around planet Earth. I, I generally, I, generally, at the time, this was before we had our playoff victories. Mm. Um, I don't know. They, they play, I think the playoffs had just started, but I generally thought that was our one and only chance to get to Wembley. First time since '53, and mm. it was a it was a massive game though. Cash your mind back to there was it was massive that game, wasn't it? Yeah. Huge. Which um, is bizarre considering how we derived this trophy. Yeah, I think, I think it was a full house at Bloomfield Row, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Well, home and away. Yeah. yeah. It was two legs, wasn't it? Mm. The yeah, yeah. Final. Can't, it, it was the way first, about. wasn't it? It was the way first, and if, if Coughlin scored that penalty, because I think it was a... Is it, did we did we win it by one at home, but it wasn't enough because they'd won by two? I remember they were on the pitch at the end, weren't they? And it was just yeah. like you say, Tim, it was you yeah. just thinking, are we ever going to get there? You know, mm. not knowing that, like John said, we'd end up kind of. I, I, it'd be interesting if we if we did get through and got to the final. How many we would take? You know, whether people, it, you know, if we've if we've not picked up a bit more in the league, whether whether people would bother with it. Um, you know, I think I'd go, but it would be interesting to see. Cause it probably wouldn't have quite the same excitement as first time round when you know when we hadn't hadn't done it before. It'd just be a day out, I think, Nick, wouldn't it? Yeah. Thing is, as well, I mean, it could be, I don't know what it is. I think it would be 60 or 80 quid a ticket or something daft, won't it? So, I mean, the prize yeah. money is pretty decent. Um, you know, if you, if you win the thing, it's um, it's a decent payday, but we'll see. We can get past Bolton first because, um, you know, they're a decent side, aren't they? And the current holders. Mm. And Evo. Yeah, this is right. James Dyson. She invent Hoover's for a living, James. Um, Steve Thompson scored a pen at Bloomfield Road to win on aggregate. I seem to remember that. Or possibly. I always, I always remember thinking Keith if Cough, Coughlin had scored that penalty, we'd have gone to Wembley. And I can't, I can't remember. I had, a, I had a vague recollection. We won two-one at home, and we'd lost away when we would have drawn if Coughlin had scored. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because the old burden part, wasn't it, where they had the big terrace, they had the big terrace going down the uh, length of the ground, didn't they? A little bit like... Um... Wasn't like Burnley. It's a bit more like Carlisle's. Uh, Carlisle's wasn't it with a stand above it, seating area above it, and we were behind the what was originally a huge away end that probably held ten thousand, that was cut in half with this. For the younger listeners, uh, cut in half by this Normid supermarket 
that literally sat inside the ground and Russell Coughlin hit it, or legend has it, he hit it with his penalty. I think that penalty is still on you know, YouTube somewhere. For the, for the younger viewers and listeners out there, it's it's difficult to comprehend that this was actually a thing in a football stadium. Just for anyone who doesn't know, Bolton's away terrace was split in half. They sold off half of the terrace and there was an actual supermarket building built on the terrace. It's just mind-boggling in this day and age to believe such a thing could happen. You, and... you wait until there's an Aldi on back Henry Street. <laughs> there'll be an Aldi there before Built into the East Stand. Exactly. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be an Aldi, isn't it? <laughs> but just on the on the BSM, it'll be interesting to see what Critch does for you know the Bolton game, and if we got through that um, for the next one, whether because he's tended to sort of rest quite a few first teamers, hasn't he? And obviously now Thompson's gone and Tharm's gone. They would they would have been probably playing. Um, you know whether he goes really strong for it or includes some of the um, the fringe players or or even youth team. When you've got you know, I mean, it's not Premier League money, is it? But when you've got 50,000, 100,000 up for grabs, you're not really going to be playing Dom Thompson anymore, are you? Or whoever the case may be. I thought it was more than that for the winners. It's got, it's got to be more, sure. I think it's, it's more, it's like an accumulation, though, isn't it? I think you get it's like 50 grand for the other night, wasn't it, or something? I'm not sure. Right. Anyway. But, you know, what I'm saying is, is the money's there to be sort of Simon Sadler or whoever is going to be saying, look, you know, it'd be quite nice if you could uh, give this a bit of a go. And by that, you're going to be playing your stronger 11, aren't you, really? You know, you could play, obviously, the likes of Marv and Andy Lyons or whoever. But, you know, you're going to, you're not going to be playing the Doug Tharms of this world anymore. Obviously, he's gone, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's Bolton. They're going to bring Bolton. a few, aren't they? Yeah. So. There'll be a bit of an edge to it, and I think we'll probably all go to this game, won't we? I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. The Join the glory pri- band. The overall prize pot, this is off Fleetwood's website, which is what they come up, is three million pounds. Uh doesn't say uh doesn't say how much the winner gets, unfortunately. Should we really be using something associated with Fleetwood Town and Finance as a source of truth? <laughs> Good point. Whams if you win the AFL trophy. It does say it says it says in this at October twenty three hundred thousand pound for winning the final. Hmm. Fair enough, not as much as I thought. Uh, what about the gate receipts split? I guess. Yeah, that might, that might be the gate receipts might be on top, might they? Mm. Okay, let's move on to what we saw at the weekend, which is Blackpool to Exeter. No, we won't give this the fine-tooth comb effect of what we would normally do. Um, there was a lot on... Someone was telling me about everyone was getting frisked beforehand, frisk gate, I've put, or even old old fellas and young people being excessively frisked before well, the match. Is- Obviously, I, I wouldn't because I was in the uh, corporate, the corporate Nothing, day. Well, I don't, get, I don't get it with the Moretti, but I think the, the thing is, you give somebody a high-vis jacket and... They become like a little Hitler, don't they? So the reality of the situation is probably the club. And I, I, I've had a, we've had a, um, BST have had a little bit of feedback from 
uh, the club today because we've been asking questions about it. That they're told to do one thing, but they actually do another. I mean, quite why you need to, you know, there's talk of, you know, children and, and young adults, some of whom got some um, disabilities, being frisked in circumstances that are clearly, in my view, inappropriate. And um, they're targeting the wrong areas. I mean, if you've got somebody going into the South at half past one, this is one example, I won't name names, but the example of somebody going in at half past one with autism and they're being frisked, what planet does anybody think somebody going in the South at half past one is is going to be hiding pyrotechnics or whatever? Or hot food seems to be an issue that they've got a problem with as well, doesn't it? Uh, anybody bringing in food into the stadium all, all of a sudden seems to be a problem, but with a lack of communication around it um, that might explain why that's suddenly a thing when for the last 25 years it hasn't been. Um, and I can understand why the club don't want people taking hot food into the stadium, but you communicate it beforehand and you make sure that people know about it and it's dealt with appropriately rather than you just met at the turnstile with you not coming in. It winds people up. Mm. Um, I think I think it does wind people up because you're instantly sort of treated like a bit of a second-class type of citizen, aren't you, really? And, yeah, I do understand that with the recent past, there's been issues with pyros and, and one or two other bits and pieces. But, you know, like you say, it's who they're targeting. You know, I think they could probably, quite frankly, have half a dozen people with a decent pair of eyes would know who potentially might need frisking in certain areas of the ground, but that's just standard anywhere. There's, a, there's a lack of common sense as well. I, yeah, I, this, is, this is earlier on in the season, but there's a, there's a, there's a, a bloke who's blind goes up to the nearest turnstile to go in, which isn't his turnstile and they won't let him in. And, and, and then when it's pointed out to them, he's blind Apparently, the answer is well. How, we, how am I meant to know? Well, he has got a white stick. You know, it's 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 just you know, it, and and it is it's some there is some jobs where stuff goes on, and I don't think I don't think necessarily it's on instruction. All of it's on instruction from the club. I do think there's this this high vis jacket. I've got a bit of power, and I'm I'm going to use it. Mentality going on, um, and it's just you know, I I keep every time I go in the Moretti, I go in there every single week. And at half time, and it's the same guy on the on on, on the on the um, the gate, and he demands to show me the pass every time. He knows hundred percent that I go in every week, but he show me this. It was like Jesus Christ. But that's a that's, that's small fry compared with what seems to be going on on the on the main gates, and it seems to have just happened overnight. But there's been no no real dissemination of information. Look, this is the position. This is why we're doing it. And be prepared for the fact that you know it is it is going to be a a more um, a more uh, active uh, frisking. You know, it happens at some other grounds, but it's when you're not expecting it. Mm. I don't right, you say, Tim, as well. It, it could be, you know, we've there's been a few incidents, hasn't there, where the FA have um, been looking at stuff and we've had fines and whatever. So, like you say, just a, a communication to say, look, on the back of that, because they've probably got to be seen to be doing something to mm. to stop things happening whether it's being chucked on the pitch or whatever um and just put some comms out about it so as people are aware and like you say look at who you're 
who you're frisking and when, and in which area of the ground. Yeah. yeah I can't remember always... anything coming from the south, anything coming from the west. They're at the problem area is is mainly A and B block in the north when things hit the pitch. That's where you focus your energies, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, I'm not. I'm not saying that they need to go over the top with it, but there has been a problem there, and that's why. So I just don't understand this. The coloring. Anybody's going in the ground at half past one is not is not the demographic of the person who's going to be causing a problem of the type you're trying to eradicate. It just isn't, is it? They're the people who are going in there because they want to watch the uh, the warm ups and things like that. They're not going to be chucking stuff. It's the lads who've been in the pub till court. You know, as a demographic, the lads have been in the pub till court to three. Then hit the ground, and and you know do do silly things. Yes, Lee. There was a chant there, isn't there? <laughs> you wear a yellow jacket. You're a... <laughs> right onto the game then. Um, <clears throat> routine victory. Um, a victory we should be uh, a scoreline. We should be putting out against ex- uh, extremely poor side. We even did it with a, a penalty miss from, from Jordan Rhodes. Uncharacteristically sloppy penalty, wasn't it? So. It it was, yeah. Um, not like him at all. I thought he was he was quite quiet all afternoon. Um, but then he has been brilliant for us. So I suppose you can you can forgive him forgive him the odd game. Um, you know, he, he knew he was very clever in with the penalty as well. That you know, just knocking the ball to the side and knowing that there's going to be and it was a penalty all day long. Um, he's just used his experience there to get it. Um, and you're thinking, right, you know, the ball's going to be in the back of the net. Um, and it was just a bit telegraph, wasn't it? It wasn't a great pen and keepers dive to his left and and saved it. And then you wonder at that point, oh, is that going to be the, the moment? Because they weren't particularly threatening or anything. But at the same time, you know, they, they were, would have been happy with a point and weren't really pushing numbers up the field, which when teams do that, it doesn't always make for a great spectacle, does it? Because there's kind of only one team with the possession and, and trying to do things, but there isn't a great deal of space. Um, but thankfully, RB Morgan stepped up with an absolute worldie. Mm. I think that was re- what was really encouraging about us in that particular sort of period is that, you know, we could have easily just sort of dropped our heads and mm. thought, oh, God, that's it. But we did carry on. You know, we were we were always on the front foot, and and like you're saying, you know, Exeter were just happy to come with a a mentality of "thou shall not" sort of pass. And um, you know, fortunately, we were we were good enough to to get past them. And it was uh, like you say, I love the goal by uh, Albie Morgan, and you know, he's he's fast becoming a, a bit of a you know a bit of a favourite in that midfield position now. And uh, hopefully, we'll be you know seeing a lot more of him because. He's he's definitely got a, a, a bit of something about him, and uh, you know, the more he shoots, the more uh, the more successful he seems to become. So um, yeah, it was a great goal, um, and it was depending on where you were at in the, in the stands. Of course, um, we were in the in the north behind the goal. We got a really good view of it, which is uh, unusual for a for a goal that scored in the south uh, stand. We had a couple now, weren't we? Because Norbert, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, it was very very similar, wasn't it? In uh, yeah. uh, in the way that you could see it. And I think again, I think we mentioned Josie before. He had a good, he worked hard in the build-up. Nice little knock from Dembele into it, into these into his feet, and um, and he hit it. He hit it, hit it with a plum, didn't he? Um, I, I've got side to say, just going back to Exeter, side-footed from, out, side think, from outside the box, Tim, which is yeah, 
and with real power as well, wasn't yeah. it? So I, I gush going back to Exeter, I think they they were one of the most um, unambitious teams I've seen come to Bloomfield Road this year. I don't, mm. I don't know quite what the game plan was um, because I couldn't see how it was ever going to succeed because they just they didn't make it. it they, I can't, I'm struggling to think of it, any, any shots of note that they had. Um, most certainly, it was a, probably the most one of the most comfortable games we've had all season. And um, and and if, if I've got a frustration about it, is that it takes two great strikes to win the game, doesn't it? Where with the team is showing that that little ambition, you you almost expect, or you, or you would expect that we could go on and just almost like score some normal goals alongside the really good ones because the really good ones were like pulled out of nowhere. Uh, and so you start thinking where, where are the bread and butter goals come in? And, and mm. I think we really should have won. If I've been critical, we should have, you know, maybe got three or four. Mm. Um, and that's our frustration though, isn't it? That's the, that's what we were saying earlier on about, you know, Peterborough's and Bolton's of this world would, would, would put four or five past these sort of teams. Whereas we just sort of manage the game um, and, uh, and that's it, you know, and it's it's not, you know, it's not getting off or um, out of our seats, is it really? So didn't get me off my seat. I watched the majority of the second half from the uh, from the Matthews suite. I was just chatting grassroots to yeah, a couple of people that I knew in there. Um, it was just, you know, we we're keeping an eye on the game, but it was just it was just drab. Um, Zamax had then a drab two 0 victory and. Uh, Mark's put a good shout in there. The two strikes by Albi were so out of context from the rest of the game. Is that fair, Nick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say it was it was edge of the seat stuff. It was, um, you know, pragmatic, formulaic, call it what you will. I suppose though, when you've you've only got one team really trying, though, you know, if if they're tearing up the pitch and then we've got space to put CJ in, it it, it could have been a bit more exciting. But it's. It's still three points at the end of the day, isn't it? And, um, you know, if, if the penalty had gone in, it's three. Now, I saw a stat before, actually, about teams that have scored three goals or more this season, and we're right up there. So although we're, you know, it's not swashbuckling, we're going to score one more than you, um, certainly at home it, it is effective um, without being, you know, massively exciting, I suppose. And I think we would be more excited. I think if we had some of those away points that that we, mm-hmm. we've basically um, just forfeit without even trying, it would be more exciting because it would mean more. Because if we were yeah. in fourth or fifth or even a bit higher, then we would be trying to suck that ball in the net, and and perhaps we would feel a little bit a little bit different about the outcome of the game. Well, and and hopefully we will get there because we're going if we win on. Saturday and and then go down to Stevenage, who are obviously slightly above us in the league, and beat them. All of a sudden, we might and and keep going. We might be in the mm. in the mix, and we will start to uh, care, for want of a better word, about the outcome of games. Where at the moment, I just I was like, I don't feel like I'm I'm, I'm invested in what's going on. Mm. It is. It is. It does very much feel like going through the motions, and some of the, the lads I go with aren't, just aren't turning up to games, and even though they've already paid and whatever, and mm. and it's. I, the, I feel the same, Tim. I think everyone everyone does. It's like walking out afterwards. You're like walking under the West Constance. Like you, you're shrugging your shoulders almost after the win because 
you know what's coming at the away game. And if you're not picking up points away from home, you're not making the playoffs. It's as simple as that. You, I don't think he is capable of changing. I think he's too arrogant and set in his ways to do something different or to, to take the handbrake off. Mm. That's why we're going to finish eighth. Aren't we? We're going to have the longest no, run ever in eighth in, 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 without ever moving a position. Because yeah. <laughs> we're about five or six points from ninth, aren't we? So we're sort of, unless we start picking some results up away, we literally are going to stay eighth for the rest of the season. I saw someone, I think it was on Twitter, put um, uh, if all the teams above us win their games in and around us and we're, we're 12th. That was a really? stark reality, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I was chatting to Chris Nay, by the way. Oh, he's pissed up chairman, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was going to say, fortunately, it doesn't normally work out that every team wins their, all their games no, in hand. It doesn't, does it? But we've got to be in control of our own destiny. And the only way we can do that is start picking up points away from home. Otherwise, we'd, we are destined to be eighth or lower, aren't we? Mm. Tom, in the comments, <laughs> advises Chris. Critch to not do the fist, the fist anymore until we win an away game. I think that's oh. a good shout. So fisting, yes or no? God, you so have, have to leave before it, it comes <laughs> over. Now I can't. It winds me up that much. I've, and I think there's quite a few in the north of that mindset who just say, "No, I've got to go before he starts." It's not a good look, is it? When you um, half the stands mid, empty in, in mid-table mediocrity and, and losing support of Elway three 0 yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Nick, fisting, yes or no? Are you a fan? Well, I I don't hang around for it, but I'm not in the north anyway, so uh, I'm not on the receiving end. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think first time round, and it was all a bit new, wasn't it? And we we were getting, you know, on a roll that second half of the season, got promoted. And even in the championship, um, you know, when wins weren't coming as often, um, everybody loved it, didn't they? And now, like you say, when you you know you go into the away game next week, and the chances are it's going to be a a defeat, it it, it doesn't really mean as much at, at home. And I do think you know part of this kind of sort of pedestrian style of play, we are we are losing a bit of the atmosphere. And um, I'd, I'd gone before I did it, but I saw it. You know, I think the pub the club put it up on one of the tweets and. The, the ground, you know, the north's getting towards. There's not that many people staying behind for it anymore, is there? So I think it's um, it's it's losing its impact probably. And everybody does it nowadays, don't they? Mark yeah. mm-hmm. GT, no fasting flays dows. We last before the fisting cringe. Lee doesn't like it. It's, uh, the Grice Reap has appeared. The fisting is cringe. He aren't, I think he means. He aren't doing it down at South. What's he mean there? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Can't do it at the South. <laughs> Sounded a bit like him, actually. He's got all, he's got all Bristolian on him. <laughs> 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 Vale, he didn't, he, he didn't con, cone closer than 40 yards. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that, actually. I don't think anybody stepped inside the area, did they, on that particular one? Yeah, and then there was still, like, 15 yards after the dead ball line to the stand. So, yeah. So it's a big no to the fisting. Um, hopefully we see the back of that like we saw the back of um, Glad All Over. I noticed Port Vale play uh, Glad All Over when they score. Yeah. I, hear it, I heard it three times. 
Well, that's not in there anymore. Right, anyway, shiver, but, it? it gives you a shiver. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what they need to do is, is, sorry, just to finish off on this one, is do what I think it's um, primarily in Germany when all, all the team come out and do like a, you know, they come to the stand, don't they, where all their ultras are and everything. But they also come to the stand when they get battered and they take it like men. Mm. And that would be interesting if we adopted something like that instead of just fisting for home games. <laughs> yeah, they need to take it like men. Take it like man. <laughs> Take the fisting like a man. And some of those Germany games, they, they really get some stick, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I'll was. i just, I'll tell you off air anyway. Go on, carry on. <laughs> right, just before we head off, um, players in, players out. Obviously, the January transfer window has opened. Uh, two players in. Um, well, not, not in. Jordan Rose obviously staying. Big plus for us, isn't it? That could be the difference between scraping the playoffs or mid-table obscurity. I think that was probably, you know, if we did no other business this window, that was the the one bit of business that every Blackpool fan would want us to have done. Um, I saw, I, I was keeping a sort of close eye on whether Huddersfield, and they'd sign, I think they'd signed a striker the week before, which was a positive sign. And then um, it was just a case of whether... We could, um, you know, we could keep him, and I, I, I'd like to think probably the player. I know it ultimately it's down to Huddersfield, but um, I would imagine he had some say in it as well in terms of look, you know, I don't want to come back and sit on a bench. I'm, I'm enjoying my football. I'm, I'm scoring goals, so um, you know, he'd want to stick around, and and then we'll see at the end of the season, um, you know, what happens because uh, he's one of the most natural finishers we've had at the club in a in a long time, so. Like you say, John, it, it could be the difference between getting into those playoffs and and not um, if it, if he wasn't with us. So it was it was good news um, that he that he's um, staying on loan for the second half of the season. And then the other bit that everybody was looking at was obviously Rob Apter, wasn't it? And what was going to happen there? And um, he got recalled and then signed an extension, and then he's gone back out again and. You know, there's a few people saying they'd, they'd have rather seen him stick around for us. Um, but, but I think overall, you've got to look at it and think how much would he play for, as in, you know, in our current system as well. Um, he's not going to play at right wing back, and I wouldn't want him to. Um, he probably doesn't get in ahead of Dembele. Um, so there's no point in him sitting on the bench for us. I, I don't know if he's cut tired from the um, EFL trophy so he, he might not be able to play in that so he probably wouldn't get a lot of minutes with us so I think for the player and ultimately for us it's more beneficial that he goes back to Tranmere where he will play another whatever it is 19-20 games between now and the end of the season um, score a few more goals his confidence will be sky high and he'll, he'll come back a better player for it than he would be being in and around our first team but probably not playing there's absolutely no point in going back into a development squad and um, that's for sure. So I think overall, it, it's the best thing for him for now. And then don't get me wrong, you know, I want to see him in a Blackpool shirt, um, but I don't want to see him sat on the bench. So I, I think it's the best thing that he, he goes back there and <laughs> and plays regularly. Yeah. Definitely. In a system that obviously suits him because he's he's doing he's flourishing there, isn't he? Yeah. And I think it's twenty probably twenty two at the start of next season, I think, possibly, which is an age where he should be pushing through first team mm. football if not before obviously if you're good enough but yeah i think he was uh he'll he'll benefit from staying at Tranmere, and uh i think we'll ultimately benefit 
obviously sign him in on a three-year deal, I think, possibly. Um, yeah, we've obviously got higher hopes for him. So, um, yeah, it all makes sense to me. We see. We, I've noticed today we seem to be linked with uh, Dan Gore at Man United and Niall Ennis at Blackburn. I think Niall Ennis is is he a midfield player? I think um, he was at Plymouth last season, wasn't he? I think they only signed him in the summer. Um, right. I think he's had a couple of injuries, so he's not really forced his way into the. I think Dan Gore's quite point. a young lad, isn't he? He's about nineteen or something. So, um, uh, but I think the. Um, I see us probably bringing in somebody. Whether they, we need a, we need a. We've spoken about this before. We need if we're going to bring a loan player in, it needs to be somebody who's going to have a real influence on the team. I would suggest, you know, the, the way Rhodes has done. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, now whether we whether we're able to get someone like that, I don't know. But I'd like to see us try and add a little bit of creativity in the team. You know, Dembele does that. To be fair, doesn't he? Um, uh, but yeah, um, whether a really good, strong midfield player could make a big mm. difference to us, I think. Well, we had weird, didn't we? And I think we all thought at the start of the season, after how he did for for Morecambe last season, he was in double figures. He had ten goals and, and six assists. Um, you know, so there was high hopes there that he was going to be that. I was compared to Paul Groves, you know, who will get you into to double figures over the course of the season. Um, and it just it just didn't work, did it? So again, it's the right thing for him to go back. Brighton aren't going to gain anything with him sitting on our bench. It's just trying to find someone who's going to going to fit into the system. Because if you could get half a dozen goals from the centre of the park between now and the end of the season, mm. on top of road staying in form, again that that could be the difference, couldn't it? From just missing out on the playoffs or, or getting in there. And we've brought the lad in from Middlesbrough as well, haven't we, Coulson? It as a wing back, which. You know, we're going to insist on playing wing backs. I suppose it makes sense that we've got somebody who can play in that position as his his natural position rather than trying to shoehorn people into it. Was I it a surprise to see him thrown straight into the starting eleven? Possibly. I mean, I, you know, I like Andy Lyons and he wasn't even on the bench on Saturday, was he, from from memory? So I'm, I'm not quite I sure. Think, I think he might be going out. Um, Do you I, think? I, yeah. I don't. I might be wrong. I, I think. I think if. I think the only justification because he's not injured, as I understand it. I think the only justification for leaving him out is that he's literally giving a player a rest and then going to play them Wednesday, and because he's got these four, biggish games mm. over over the course of the next couple of weeks, he's he's literally going to bring players in and bring players out that can, can can slot in for each other. So I, I think if Lyon starts Wednesday, which I don't think he will. Then, then that will be that will obviously be the policy. Um, mm. But I, I genuinely, I, I, um, I think we might find. I think bringing another a left wing back when we've we've just got Gabriel back and we've got Lions, mm. we've got Dale, and you've got to fit CJ in there somewhere as well. If you're going to continue with this system, suggest somebody's on the way out, and it's not Gabriel. Mm. And obviously, Thompson's gone, hasn't he? And um... yeah. Again, I think that's the best thing for everyone concerned, isn't it? You know, he's he's not playing for us um, other than the odd game here and there, sort of like the, the EFL trophy or he might make the bench. And he's very much obviously a confidence player. And I think, you know, if you're, that, if, if you're Don Tom and you, you know that even if, I think it was against Forest Green, wasn't it, where he got man of the match, you know that even if you had a good game, you're not going to be featuring the following 
Saturday. Um, you know, for your confidence, it, it won't be great. And it, you know, he has got a mistake in him. So I think it that was the right thing. And, and Doug Tharm, again, you know, only really featuring in the uh, the AFL Trophy games, not going to be in the first team squad, barring probably two or three injuries to to defend, you know, to the centre half. So um, made sense for his. He's a permanent, isn't it? I think Thompson was yeah, alone yeah. and, and Tharm's a permanent. So, you know, it, it frees up a couple of wages, doesn't it, for, for incoming, hopefully. Steve Jenkins just said, I think Lyons isn't one of his favourites and he does have favourites and it can be the only explanation for his tactics and player choices. I, I personally will be really annoyed if Lyons goes out, but I think Tim's right. I think the, the, the writing is on the wall there. I think it's a shame he can't be happy. He can't no, be happy. No, I mean, he was, time, like, sorry, sorry yeah, I, I, I was going to say, you know, this is the guy at the end of last season who scored half a dozen goals or whatever from right back. Yeah, he looked like he looked like the player that was the player that he was touted to be. The next best thing to come out of Ireland, and and he's he's started as an international career just about as well. Looked every inch a championship player, and at the close season, I was saying to players, uh, sorry, I was saying to players, I was saying to people that I know, this is the player that will get us up this year because I think he just tear the league one apart, and he hasn't had a sniff, uh, and it's. I know he's had a few personal issues and all the rest of it, but that aside, he's just not been part of the squad, generally speaking. So, yeah, I think favourite is the word that he just doesn't, face doesn't fit or, I don't know, it's so weird, you know, because he's such a, I think he's a really good player. And again, he's probably a, a confident player, a confidence player. And if your manager hasn't got confidence in you, you're not maybe going to perform as uh, as you're able and capable of doing so. Yeah, I, I fear like like you guys have just said that he, he may be on his way somewhere else, really, and I'd be I'd be hacked off. And now, whether he'll go to a lower end championships side, I, I just can't see him staying in League One. I think he's just still good, too good for this division. I can't see we'll be happy to, for him to be potentially. I don't know if he'll play against us, but why would we send him off to I don't know Peterborough mm-hmm. or Stevenage or something? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. We lost you, John. Can't hear you, John. Are you on mute? So, yeah, I was just saying, oh. <laughs> it'd be interesting just to see Lyons get a, bit, a, few, a run of games in his actual preferred position of right-back slash wing-back. Um, and it just seems a bit weird to me that CJ starts there, he's nailed on starter, and no matter what happens, CJ plays right-wing-back. and we've got He, never gets, he hardly ever gets substituted either, so no. when there is a substitute... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging him out, but it's... No, no. He just seems to be undroppable, mm. which is a strange one. Yeah, we'll, we'll watch this space then, so I think, with uh, with Andy Lyons. Um, right, just before we go, we've got Forrest on Tuesday night, sorry, Wednesday night, haven't we? Um, is it a big game? It used to be in the past, the third round FA Cup re- Used to be massive, replay. didn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it, was a, it was a big game until we touched on it earlier, that the next game's on a, potentially on a, Friday night in Bristol or West Ham or something, which just makes a mockery of the whole bloody FA Cup. And it's no wonder that the um, you know the the attraction of the FA Cup is diminishing when you're asking fans to go on a Friday night halfway around the bloody country. Um, it's for like for TV abroad, apparently, isn't it? Not not even it's an absolute. Country. It's an it's disgusting. It's an it absolute joke. It's a joke. 
It's an absolute joke. I think, yeah, and regardless of who gets through, even if it's, you know, it's Forrest against West Ham in the next round, is that a massive game for, for uh, you know, people abroad to watch? I don't know. It's just like you say, Matt, it's become a bit, when they're playing the the, 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 the games over a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, mm. it, it devalues a bit. Um, I mean, you know, there is still, I suppose, it's the FA Cup, it's under the lights, Bloomfield Road. We've not got a great record in midweek games in recent times, have we? But, a great um, record against Forest, don't it? We have, that's the thing, and, you know, I'm sure we'll be up for it. Ticket sales don't seem great at the moment, um, but it's probably just, I mean, like, I'll be going, but we haven't got our tickets yet, and I suspect there's probably a lot of people in the in the same boat. They'll be getting them over the next, you know, day or two, and... Um, There'll, there'll hopefully be a de- decent atmosphere. Mm, um, so I was just reading the comment there. Um, Burton have gone 2 more up against, is that against Derby? It is. Yeah, at, at Derby as well. Is that in the league? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Big, it is. DT it, scored a brace. It's a, <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a big Derby game for them as well, isn't it? As in the very, it's, mm, I suppose it's a little yeah. bit like our us and Fleetwood, isn't it? In that they're yeah. quite small and not a traditional rival. Um, but they are obviously very closely um, distance-wise. They're quite close to each other, aren't they? Um, two more it is now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the FA Cup this year. I mean, obviously, we had this, this situation with rounds one and two that weren't televised anywhere at all, uh, which, again, part of, the, part of the magic of the FA Cup always was seeing these uh, teams come from non-league and get pitted against league opposition, and they used to make a big thing, didn't they? About you know, particularly BBC, they really went into the grassroots side and went to grounds and got interview- introduced the tea lady and all that business, which was actually quite interesting to see a club who'd managed to get through to the first round proper for the first time, and perhaps playing you know an half decent side who were on on the uppers a bit. You know, like say Sunderland or something as an example. So it was like you know, real sort of David and Goliath stuff. But that that's all been stripped away this year. I mean, you couldn't watch it literally anywhere. I mean, even on IPTV, there was nothing. It was it was almost like it was whitewashed out. And I, I don't know what the rationale behind that was. Almost for the from the FA's perspective, they'd almost be better giving it away. Or giving it. I don't know whether they were holding out for a price they couldn't get or what, or whether anybody knows why it wasn't on. But you, but you know, it needs to be seen, doesn't it? And when it's not seen, I think most certainly, I don't think people have got invested in the FA Cup in the same way this year, even as against in previous seasons, because of that lack of coverage. That's my that's my take on it, anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. no, you're absolutely right. Even the day itself on the final day isn't like what it used to be, is it? You know, I remember Frank Hillclein going to a wedding before the uh, FA Cup final, just just to see Sweet. some. We were on in the first round, weren't we? We were on in the yeah, first round, weren't we, on BBC? And I think they've yeah. done... The, I don't know if it's split between BBC and ITV now. I can't remember. There was... I think Portsmouth were on away at, at Chesterfield on a, a Sunday afternoon. But I get your point, Tim. It's it's perhaps not got the, the coverage it did have. And again, I think it's probably just because there's, there's just so much football now, isn't there? We're all old enough to remember, like you just said, when the FA Cup final day, nine o'clock in the morning, BBC or ITV... It was on right the way through the day. That's all that was on on those two channels. And you sat in front of the TV from nine o'clock till five o'clock. 
you know, watching all of the build up and all of that. And and now it, it might be on the same day as Premier League games or something. It, you know, it just hasn't got the same. But to be fair, then there was only literally that's all three, there was. Yeah, three live it. games, wasn't there? There was yeah. the FA Cup final, there was the European Cup final, and there was the um, generally um, the England under was it under 18s, the England schoolboys, it was, wasn't it? Mm. They were like three live games you used to get. So I, everybody ate it up, didn't they? Like, so I apologize. I'd forgotten we we had, we'd been on live with um, with with Bromley, um, but they just I just generally there doesn't seem to be anything like the same number of FA Cup matches shown in in rounds one and two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I used to love those days. But they, they, you can understand why that as that is diluted because of the fact there's now saturation football. But this. Dividing the the third roundup. I mean, if you if you're going to pick a game to play on a Friday to show on TV on a Friday night, that's fair enough because obviously these TV stations do put money in. But to, I mean, there's about there's literally divided them up equally, haven't they? Mm-hmm. I think there's like five on a Friday night, five on a Saturday. Obviously, it might be six. Same on a Sunday, and I I, I didn't even realise they're on Monday as well if they are. But I mean, how the hell are we meant to? get numbers down to West Ham or Bristol City if if we get through. It's just, you know, we'd normally have taken quite, I think we'd have taken quite decent numbers, particularly to West Ham. Mm. Mm. On a Saturday, it's like a few yeah. thousand going, isn't it? But it's, 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 it's going to be half, if not quarter of that quarter. number. Because it's you're straight away a day off work, kids out of school, if you want to take kids. Um, and, and most people aren't start going to do that and fight, fight your way down to London on a Friday as well. And you're, you're, if you do get through, and, and it's West Ham, you, you've missed the last train back, haven't you? So it's a, it's an overnight job. Um, you know, you're yeah. all of a sudden yeah. looking at a couple of hundred quid per head. Mm. But let's we've got to beat Forest first, haven't we? Yeah. Well, listen, we've got to get there in numbers, haven't we, and get behind the lads because they they did they did pull out a result away and. Um, I, th- I think we owe it to them. It's 15 quid. It's going to be a bit chilly, but clear, and, you know, it's not going to be chucking it down or anything. So, you know, wrap up. Let's get there and give them a bit of support. I got my ticket today. Yeah, got mine. Let's get mine. I'll get mine today, tomorrow. Right, finally, just before we go, Bristol Rovers away next Saturday, um, a ground we rarely come away with anything at. Um, this is this going to be the game that turns our season round? Well, it's my my first trip to Bristol Rovers, so that means it'll be our first win away at Bristol Rovers. Undoubtedly, never been. Never been. I've been to Bristol City a couple of times, but I've never been to Bristol Rovers. One of those grounds that n- never seems to fall right in terms of uh, you know fixtures or whatever. I'm doing to things at the weekend. About oh gosh. No, of course, yeah, they were at Bath, weren't they, for a few years? Yeah, and they had Marcus, they had Marcus Stewart, Marcus Stewart. For them. Yeah, yeah. And I went there. I, did, I can't remember whether we won now, whether we drew. I think we might have drawn. But I've, I've seen them at Bath, but never at at, at uh, their ground. So I, if I'm tempted to go Saturday, it'll be for that reason. It's a very you away game going to a an away game in Bath, Tim. <laughs> well, the uh, court I wouldn't would look at a place with the chinos on, would I? That's a thing. No, you'll fit <laughs> right. They're all them, and I'm home. With a toga on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 win. And like you say, John, it's not someone we do somewhere we've uh, historically done very well at, but 
It's time to end the away hoodoo. Matt? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll settle for any away win, but we'll, uh, I'll go for the same. Why not? 2 1 last minute, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph's going to undo his, uh, his own scoring hoodoo, ROA hoodoo, and we're going to win 2 0. Close the show off, Tim. How would you go? I can't, I can't really show thinking? any negativity set against the sea of positivity that's. that's <laughs> coming at me out of the screen. So I, I'm going to have to go for a cheeky 1-0 win. Who's Dembele. scoring? Dembele. Dembele or Dembele? No, Dembele. Dembele or Dembele. I say Dembele, I'm Lancashire. <laughs> Chizzy says Dembele, Dembele, so I'm saying Dembele. Everyone <laughs> else. Okay, um, right, just before everyone goes, if you're watching this on um, YouTube... Do like this video and do subscribe to the channel. Helps us grow and all that stuff. We do have a Patreon support program. If anyone wants to join, patreon.com forward slash pod. You get extra content every now and then, and you get to join our WhatsApp group, which is a, a good laugh. Uh, quite a few in there already. So, uh, yeah, if you want to join up, please do so. Three quid a month helps us pay our bills and all that. Anyway, um, once again, be said, is thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for downloading. And up the pool. Come on on Wednesday. Come on. Up, up the, the pool. pool. Up the pool. Up the, the pool. pool. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.